Bitstore, a comedy game design podcast. By two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hi, Trevor. Hi. So, uh, our word random word generator is still down, the one we like to use. Yeah, it's still down. It's been a week later. This isn't like us recording the next day. This is us literally no. recording a week later and the database is still down. Yeah. So, so short, short of... Short of building ourselves our own random word generator, one of our friends actually introduced us to this concept this week. It was one of the, one of our friends from the, from an improv yeah. group. I don't know if she wants to be named on the show, but uh, one of our friends from our improv group showed us this thing called What Three Words, uh, which is basically a uh, a way to get. My words have stopped working. Trevor, explain it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Every three meter square in the world has um, three words permanently assigned to them. And so we're going to find some points of interest or some points nearby. And we're going to take those words, those three prompts, and we're going to throw them at each other. We'll go one at a time. So... um, I'll say, Ben, what three words or what three prompts? And he'll give me his and then I'll choose one. And we can either Mm -hmm. say where we're getting it from or if we don't want to say that, then we can. Yeah. So essentially, this is just another way to get random words. uh, But yes, using physical spaces in the world. Uh, And it's just an awesome project because the the goal of it is to allow people to direct you to your latitude and longitude coordinates within three meters without having to reel off. A bunch of numbers that could be difficult to, to do, yep. particularly in an emergency. So, w- when, once we saw this and we thought, hang on, this is a great idea. You can, A, pinpoint your location and B, find a hell of a lot of random word prompts. <laughs> yeah. And they're relatively simple words. I think they'll work well. So, uh, let's do it. Hey, Trevor, what three prompts? Uh, ensembles, stylist, salvaging. <laughs> See, that goes together really well. Like, it's like they planned it. So, a stylus salvaging ensembles yeah. uh, for some sort of fashion show well, or something. I- I'm picturing that this is, like, futuristic. So, they're going through, you know, like, the-, the tip or something like that, trying to find old scrap metal and all this sort of stuff. And it's basically to, to deck out, um, you know, the New York fashion show or something like that. Okay, so stylist salvaging. I mean, salvaging almost makes me think they're in some sort of post-apocalyptic world and this is like, they're trying to just, they're using the scraps of what's left to put together styles. Like, they're the one person in this world who still cares about style and fashion. Mm -hmm. And so, So you you know, they define, oh, they, they end up defining, like, what the fashion in this world is like. So, Mad Max, for example. Mm Mm-hmm. If there had been a stylist who came up with <laughs> spikes and weird face grills and different things, uh, then this is them. But you get to choose. You get to decide what this, what the style, the defining style of this post-apocalyptic world is going to be. Uh, is it leather? Is it metal <laughs> scraps? Is it... Whatever you can cost- sell I don't know. Yeah. I- is it vegetables? Because <laughs> you can grow them. You know, is it just rubbing mud in strategic places all over your body? 
Yeah. Um, the, I, I see the ensemble as, as sort of like, this is your RPG group. So, you and a Oh, okay. Of- You're not thinking of ensemble as, a, as an ensemble of clothes. You're thinking of ensemble as... An ensemble of people. Yeah, ensemble of people okay. who are who are now going out and and salvaging different things for for like a, a key stylist. So, oh, or is the stylist just one of the classes in this game? Oh, yeah. So, like, this is a world where you don't have fighters and mages and rogues and healers. You have stylists, tailors, and <laughs> tailors and hairdressers and blacksmiths blacksmiths <laughs> yes but like because they're hipsters they're like those hipster bla- like they're yeah. no they're like glass blowers or something they're you know oh or or <laughs> they're baristas slash blacksmiths because they're so hippie right <laughs> oh yes. it's yeah because they can't actually make a living from blacksmithing it's just but they, they it's part of their identity yeah I love it. <laughs> I'm loving it already. I'm just, I'm picturing this risk, this rich world and you get to, you know, um, oh, I'm imagining like a battle that's sort of been waged kind of like, you know, in um, The Force Awakens, how on Jakku, there's all those like crashed starships and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing going through and, and like salvaging um, stuff from different ships and, and finding, you know, clothes of, of like, I know yeah. the captain and and all this a sort of functioning just- hair straightener for the hairdresser to Im- imbue your hair with accuracy mm-hmm. for when you are firing off your coffee cannon. <laughs> but yeah, as, I, the, as the barista on the team, I know. I, I just I think this has got <laughs> you know some some different comedic appeals as well like when when you when you get um mud all over the hairdresser's hair you know they they start you know getting in a bit of a panic so that you know you got to quickly wash them wash their hair down and then they've got to find a blow dryer and they're not well yeah so i guess because i do like the idea of this sort of alternate class system what what are the strengths and do they fall into like were they still there are certain archetypes, obviously, in, in current RPGs. They wouldn't need to map, map exactly. But I sort of feel like the stylist is is a bit of a like a buffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. like, because they, you know, give the matching clothes or the right fashionable clothes and that gives bonuses to attacks and, and defense and, yeah, and different things. Basically, you make, you make the people feel good and then they, you know, they get the bonuses to their attacks. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I feel like a hairdresser is just maybe a, a, a sort of a variant of that same sort of class. Yeah, but um, they they can also, you know, do heat attacks and all this sort of stuff because they've got the blow dryer. There's- right, they've got the tools. Yeah. yeah. Um, I see the tailor as, as sort of like being able to repair the clothes and, and you know, if you've, if you've got a really good tailor with good, you know, points in tailoring, they can, they can stitch mm-hmm. together the clothes again. Okay, then it's the stylist then, because I was sort of conflating the stylist and the tailor, but if the stylist isn't actually making the clothes, is one of their skills like verbal, like they know what's cool. Yep. And so they can put down the enemy and make... I'm sort of feeling that essentially in this world, your health points are like morale or confidence (laughs) or just like self-esteem, basically. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and so, but part of the attacks are like, yeah, you've got that hair straightener. You get in there and you fucking clamp that on their, you know. You're basically going perm, and demoralize on their perm. <laughs> yeah. You like wreck their hairstyle and they're like, oh my God, I look horrible. Oh, uh, I'm, and demoralize I'm, I'm, just, them I'm just imagining that you come up against like a, a big group of people who were just all wearing the same sort of drab gray sort of military-esque uniform. And mm-hmm. the stylist just, every single time it comes around to their turn, they're just putting putting out the the hate, you know, straight onto Lays them. Lays in, yeah, lay into them until, like, the other people don't even, barely even need to touch them because they're just in the fetal position on the ground. Yeah. Thinking, oh, my God, so I demoralized my style and- choices. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, then the barista slash blacksmith, I mean, coffee drinks can be potions of sorts. Yeah. Like, they can be boosters. Uh, they Ca- can make you feel Caffeine, you know, perks you up. Yeah. But you come crashing uh, down if you don't have enough. Ooh, that's a good mechanic, actually. <laughs> you have to get yourself through, like, the battles by continually getting the caffeine going. Because if you crash, then, yeah, you, you have some huge status effects. Mm. Uh, so you need to sort of wait until you're through enough and you know that you're safe to let yourself crash a bit. But also, you get yourself dirty. You know, you get mud all over the clothes or on your hair. And, you know, you you sort of start feeling down about yourself because you, you're not looking as good as what you could. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what is this world then where, is this just one group of people in this world who really like value their 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 look and their uh, style or is this a world where it matters to everyone? I'm, th- I'm thinking this is kind of like the high society in like a um, Hunger Games sort of-esque um, <laughs> sort of world that, you yeah. know, sort of like these are the these are the high and mighty people and they're, they're sort of going around all the other, all or, the other sort or of- Or do we just, like, do we get rid of areas. the post-apocalyptic thing and just make this, like, a sort of wacky RPG set in these worlds of style and fashion yeah. and high society in some big city, but, like, yeah, the way things are resolved is through these battles. Probably, turn like- I feel like turn-based... I know you're not into the turn-based combat, but I feel like for those sort of uh, skill sets, it would be turn-based. Um, I, I can see it sort of more along the lines of, like, your first Knights of the Old Republic game, where you can actually sort of pause and, and sort of set, yeah. set the things in, in motion. I could see But you that. can also play like it in a, in a... Dragon Age. Yeah, you can play it in a continuous sort of motion that you basically just you know it feels like it's it's continually going but in reality it's just you have a turn they have a turn you have a turn yeah. they have a turn sort of thing um yeah that would that would work that kind of semi-turn based style of yeah. it's still it's still all timed and stats behind the uh, you know behind the scenes but you can pause you can redirect people to give them different orders and yeah in your but, party but if you know it, it then means that you know it feels a little bit more action based for those who who sort of go, I know exactly what I want to do here. I want to do this. I want to do this. Then I want to do this. And, you know, you can hit your buttons to basically queue up the next the next few, yeah, few moves. Like, like you I, couldn't. My tailor's, my tailor's getting in there, ducking under the coffee bo- coffee bean barrage, slitting, slicing off their tie, which puts them into a demoralized state so the hairdresser can come in there with their, uh, you know, curling iron. Oh, not just the and- curling iron. I'm, I'm imagining that they've got, you know, the... the um, 
the shaver sort of thing that they can just quickly. Oh God, that's like a critical, you know. Yeah, get in there with the with the clippers. Yep. I feel like that's a super move because you can't come back from that. Well, I mean, you can. Some really good style. You just got to you've you put on a hat and you feel better. Like oh, true. Yeah, so you can easy. Find wigs, <laughs> wig, different wigs, different hats. I guess will be like collectibles pickups. But they got to match your ensemble. Yes, they, right? they, they got to match your clothes. So, so it, it's sort of like you you've got to prepare going in. You know, you could be coming up. You could be coming up against. I mean, what would be the worst thing to come up against in in this sort of world? Another stylist, or or would it be, you know, it's uh, it's someone who doesn't care about their style. So oh none God. of your attacks work. Oh, that's the boss. It's a dentist. <laughs> it's a dentist. They yeah, have we no bring style. the dentist. <laughs> yeah, we bring the dentists back in. Um, totally. I don't know any dentists, so we can disparage them as much as we want. We always uh, do. <laughs> they are the ultimate villain. <laughs> they they literally only live for one thing, to hurt you and I. That Yeah, us specifically. Yes. Like for some reason, and maybe it's all the previous times we've talked about dentists, <laughs> they keep coming after us. <laughs> all right. I hey think- Ben. What are your yeah. three prompts? My three prompts brought to us by Disneyland. <laughs> right near the temporarily closed Star Tours, uh, the Adventures Continue ride on Tomorrowland Way. <clears throat> My three words are scanner erupted surgical. Oh, okay. Scanner erupted surgical. Cool. So... <sighs> <laughs> my mind went to like zits um erupting okay because i was trying to think of something to do with like medicine same but then like mine went to volcanoes so mine did but then i was trying to think of how the scanner so yes uh, we can move away from pus uh and more towards magma yep that's fine um well and then you find out this entire world that they live on is just the massive face of a giant. That's the big twist. At yes. The end. What a twist. Uh, when you finally do your surgical strike, dropping the nuclear bomb into the volcano yeah. to destroy the horrific race of mutated. Um, well, it's frogmen? Bacteria? They just look like. Bac- <sighs> they just look like. Just frogmen? giant bacteria? Yeah. That look like frogmen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, then you get the zoom out and actually they are just applying Clearasil yeah. um, to their face. You know, it was all a metaphor for uh, skincare. Yeah. But in the, in this really um, awesome world. So I, I'm just imagining that volcanoes are, um, are coming up all over this world, right? Mm. And mm. so your whole thing is, you know, you've got to be able to scan for where, you know, earthquakes are sort of hitting around this area and that's where you you can sort of pinpoint where where another volcano is going to arrive yes so it turned like so one day a volcano just like crops up where there's never been even a a, a mountain before yeah i'm talking Decimates middle of the, the city land. middle of the yeah. city like you you actually you see the buildings that were there and now they're all on an angle you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just cropped up lava erupts 
you know, smoke plumes. The whole city is destroyed. Uh, but, like, the scientists come and they have to figure out what happened here. Yeah. Uh, and they discover that it was sort of a, it was it was a it was a purposefully made volcano mm. uh, created, and and they sort of find evidence of of this underground species who is essentially trying to now destroy the Overlanders. Yeah. Um. So, what's the game? Are you is it like I kind of I'm kind of picturing a even like a flying game where you're trying to like accurately drop bombs into these volcanoes yep. or something while maybe like fighting down other people or yeah i i kind of <laughs> i'm always picturing a descent slash terminal velocity-esque game oh, where you're yeah. flying down yeah. into the into the volcano and you know sort of oh, going through some that's of the, cool some of the magma tunnels and all this sort of stuff and basically trying to clear out all the bacteria you know, as they're attacking it, and they can literally overrun your your ship in there. Yep. So you know that's that's you know one thing, but then any stragglers that sort of make it out of the volcano, which every time that there's sort of like a volcano, the the lava sort of comes out out, and then there's just like magma tubes and all this sort of stuff down there. Yeah, I think because it's this constructed thing, essentially. It, yeah, it's sort of this. This tunnel network within... It's not a traditional, you know, kind of volcano. It's this tunnel network within there. Uh, even even maybe elements of, like, technology or kind of oh, yeah. organic stuff or something. Um, and so, yeah, the goal is maybe there's something you need to get from the middle of each volcano. Like, there's a reason they don't just, like, nuke them from the top um, to, to kill everyone inside. I think you, you are trying to gather evidence and gather the i don't know the power cores or something from the middle of these yeah. volcanoes uh so that you can counter it um and find out more about how and, and the more that you the more that you get the better that the scanning is so that you can you can hit hit these earlier in the um earlier in the cycle that's it i think there's definitely something around and you, and maybe even making a choice of like okay we've got three coming up in various stages which one are you going to attack first? If you knock that one off, you know, it's going to be an easier go because it hasn't grown as much. There's not as many of these replicating bacteria frogmen in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if but it means that the other one's got time to even, you know, reach the critical yeah. level where shit really starts to go down. I like the idea then of the balance between your sort of outer world, your, your overland flying and, sh- and shooting and dogfighting. Um, cause I feel like you, you've got to have, maybe there's a human faction who is taking the side of the frog, frog species. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they believe that like, this is a sign that the world should be recreated in their image, whatever, but they've managed to amass an army of sorts. And so you're fighting them on the surface <laughs> as you're flying around scanning for these things. And then, yeah, you duck down. It's like, all right, I'm taking on this. Uh, this volcano, and now there's a lot of close combat stuff, like close quarters stuff, I guess I should say, yep. where it's more about kind of dodging and weaving. And yeah, if they if they start getting on your ship, it's like, oh, well, lucky I got that upgrade that like electrifies the outside of my ship or whatever and blasts them off. You know, you've got different more um, upgrades there. Yeah, I like the idea that there, there is a chance that you can actually like... Um occasionally get out of the ship to to do some like investigating and that sort of stuff um but it's only you know when you when you 
sure that you're safe because if any of those frogmen come in, that literally tower over the top of you. Maybe because uh, that scale, that scale of it them being so much bigger than you, like yeah, would would make you think twice about getting out of the ship. Maybe when you get the power core, you have to get out of the ship. Like there's sort of a sequence within every volcano where it's like, okay, I've fought enough of them off. There's probably another wave coming, but I need to find the best place to put my ship so, so that I can get off, run in, like navigate the areas that my ship can't get to, grab that power core. That's going to send off, off an alarm. So it's kind of like the like escape the uh, in descent where you always had to get out before it exploded yeah. at the end or whatever. But there's a sequence where you on foot have to like quickly run and traverse the area, jump back into your ship and then, yeah, zoom out, at, you know, fighting um fighting these frogmen the whole way yeah uh and then once you're out i think you do either yourself or or you've cleared the way for it to be essentially nuked from above yeah this actually that's cool this is- <laughs> <laughs> i like it yeah it's fun all right hey trevor what three prompts courtesy of eureka sky deck we have <laughs> slides pipes trunk slide what was it slides pipes De- oh pipes and trunk yes so i'm thinking trunk as in trunk of the car or or like you know a- an old chest sort of thing maybe i was picturing an elephant's trunk like sp- spewing water down pipes but <laughs> i don't know where that would go slides ooh. pipes ooh. trunk is this like a, a water park Sort of I'm actually builder, or I'm seeing this as you're a young young kid who's gone exploring in your grandparents' attic, and you see this old chest, and when you open yep. it up, and you're like, "Oh, grandma, put your clothes back on." What? <laughs> you saw you saw an old chest oh. in grandma's place. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late at night, dude. <laughs> Not feeling great. Shut up. Um, you, you see a slide that goes down into the darkness. Ooh, okay. Um, and so I'm kind of seeing it as as like when you think of um, like Super Mario Brothers, how that, you know, they're plumbers who went down a pipe into like a mushroom kingdom sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're going mm-hmm. into, into like a, a similar sort of thing of... Down through this through this slide, you go down it. this slide. It start. It's like going way longer than it should do. Yeah, uh, you know, you were in the attic, but it, it's definitely going more than like two stories down, three stories down, ten stories down. Just keeps going, and then yeah, you pop out. Are you just falling from the sky then, like in this new world? You're on a slide or- the entire time, and it's sort of like. Um, okay, I, I'm I'm picturing that every now and again, it's sort of like one of those water slide sort of things where you actually have like the connections so you get that yep. little that little beam of light every now and again <laughs> yeah yeah but you can't see out at this point you can't see out and then you get down and then the it bottom, opens up to an like, open slide it's like a, a fantastical world that you know has anthropomorphic animals or i do love this as a as an opening to the game this yeah this very sort of realistic Attic. It almost feels like a walking simulator or something. You gone go home you go or something like that. Slide, and yeah, you go down this slide, and 
the colors sort of start to change as start you're sliding down, 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 start to saturate. You start, yeah, you start seeing those blinks of color. And yeah, then, then the, you know, it goes into an open slide as you're going down and you get that HDR, like bright light in your eyes. And as, as your eyes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, adapt, then yeah, it's just this like hugely colorful world where there's all these pipes and slides everywhere and. Yeah, yeah, I, I can just it's essentially like a kids' TV programming kind of world. Yeah, kids' TV programming kind of world. Like, um, effectively, it's a you know a three D um, running you know three D platformer a la your your Mario sixty four slash um, yeah Banjo Kazooie sort of thing, bright colors, all this sort of stuff. But there's just slides and pipes and stuff everywhere that you know lead into into secret caverns and it's now but the all whole about thing is a metaphor yep. the whole thing is a metaphor for you dealing with the death of your grandmother yeah <laughs> yeah we're gonna get, get old series there. yeah no i don't uh, we'll get all serious there and we'll get, we'll you, get you saw an old oh. chest and you <laughs> and you had hey, a mental on. break and <laughs> it's all it's all in your head get out, wake up wake up uh no i like that um I like a slide-based platformer. That's interesting because it's not quite grinding, which I, thought, I feel like has been in in platformers for a while. So when you were a kid, yeah, like, and I see this all the time with kids, they always love to try and climb up the slide because yep. it's like if you can climb up one of those twirly slides, you know, you've you've put your hands and all that sort of stuff in the right place. Well, I love that as a, a Metroidvania mechanic. Where as you're going around this world, you've got these slides. They're one way to start. Yeah. You can't get up those fucking slides. Especially you could have different materials. Like maybe you can get up the like fiberglass slides, but you can't yep. get up a metal slide. No, they're too hot. And you can't get up a water slide. Like that's, you know. But as you go, you like unlock uh, powers or whatever or, or, or um, equipment. It's yep. like, oh, now you can get up. Metal slides. Yeah. Because you've got the magnet magnet boots or whatever. You've got the magnet boots and also the gloves that stop you from burning your hands on the slide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they power up from the heat of those slides and you can cast fire. I mean, literally, whose bad idea was it to ever make metal slides in Australia? I mean, come on. Especially with no cover. <laughs> we get to 40 degrees in summer and, like, my son wanted to go on, like, he climbed all the way to the top of this... Um, this slide, which they they put bloody like a rope climbing course to get up to these bloody things. Now, yeah, he gets up there and he goes, "No, I want to climb down now. I don't want to go on it. It's too fucking hot." Like he didn't say fucking, but like no, he did. That's exactly how Trevor's son talks. <laughs> I don't want to go on that. It's too fucking hot, Dad. <laughs> and I'm like, get me down. <laughs> so he did a backflip. <laughs> Um, so trunk, I think trunk comes in because, like you said, there's anthropomorphic animals and no trunk uh, is the, el- the chest that he went into. It's well, yeah, scene. but we can use it for two things <sighs> because there's also an elephant who's like really sick of people thinking his trunk is a water slide. Oh, after you climbed up inside it and like, <laughs> and he's talking to you and you you're hearing the voice. It's like that's not a everywhere. water slide; it's mucus. <laughs> <laughs> you got to climb up inside to actually help his um, help his migraine, and it's actually caused by a sinus infection, in which there's mm. all these little frogmen 
Yeah, nuke it from space. Uh, because that's what they did to Grandma. And I just... <laughs> I haven't gotten over it. <laughs> they nuked her from space. <laughs> How could it happen? We say, we say nuked, but it was more like a microwave. <laughs> Cooked her inside. Ah, <sighs> <sighs> Grandma. All right. Uh, <laughs> Whose turn is it? It's yours. Ben, what are your three prompts? All right. Well, I've gone to the first aid center because uh, that last one hurt my brain. Uh, in Disneyland again. <laughs> and my three words are robots uptown... Played uptown, uptown girl. Uptown bot, you've been living with a rotten bolt, and I think that you should get it fixed. Uh. So I'm sort of feeling. I feel like this is some sort of robot band, like Uptown, like some or like co- comedians or something. Like someone on stage, robots on stage, like in a city. That's the sort of feeling yep. I'm getting. Okay, is this sort of like a Detroit Become Human esque world where robots and slash androids are a part of like you know the daily grind? Yeah. So, you're thinking they've taken over certain... Played. Played. Or or is this like grifters? Robot grifters? Downtown robot grifters uptown. So, you know, they've sort of... They've made their way from downtown to uptown to to play with high society people. Yeah, they're going to the next level. Um, Because downtown is, is like the robot slums, the robot ghetto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're finally kind of they're trying to make their way to where all the uppity humans live, yep. who look down upon the robot kind. <laughs> Is this a world where robots like they never made humanoid robots or like not strict like not robots that really look like humans because they they very much wanted to separate them from the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they all of these robots are functional. So some of them just have a single arm that was built for like making coffee, mm-hmm. but they did gain sentience. Yes, and a lot now, of them have been abandoned okay. and made obsolete. So and stuck. Is in this is this like a a singular AI, or do they have individual personalities and individual AIs? So some AIs are better than others. Uh... Maybe it's a little bit of both because I think you're you're right. Like just from a and not, I mean, not that it has to make sense when we're talking about robot grifters, but uh, <laughs> you know, the coffee making arm maybe wouldn't initially be built with that much AI that it could ever gain sentience. But I feel like maybe there's some sort of there is like a central AI, but it's not a personality in itself. It's a way that they're all connected. Okay, maybe they are. Oh, maybe this is like the Internet of Things. All of these. All of these robots had enough AI to do the job that they were doing, but they were also connected to the internet yep. to like get updates and stuff. And once enough of these things were put on the internet, it essentially created a giant brain, which now is the AI, like with enough nodes to to think. Yeah. And so now I think they do each have their own personalities because whatever, this event sort of ended up, you know, upgrading all their firmware and imbuing them with... Uh, with enough personality, but also they can communicate to each other 
anywhere in the world and there is sort of a common goal perhaps okay so who do you play so i think you play essentially so what i found funny was the idea of these robots attempting to emulate a human despite not having humanoid bodies (laughs) so i'm kind of picturing it is like one arm from the coffee machine uh is one of the arms of this thing and they've put it in a shirt yeah and then the other arm is like, I don't know, the vacuum cleaner hose. Yep. <laughs> so, so from the automatic so vacuum. You you want this to be kind of like an Octodad sort of thing where you're you're playing the <laughs> yeah. robot trying to make your way while grifting people for money and and essentially you're you're a bit you're you're basically the three kids in a trench coat of non humanoid robots. Yep. Trying to <laughs> pass yourself off as a human. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something and, and awesome about people. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, essentially, the head is basically like the equivalent of an Alexa, because mm-hmm. uh, it had the voice and can sort of make some light effects and stuff. But it it always wears a hood, and you know, you can't you can't really. It doesn't actually have a face. Um, they've managed to put sunglasses on it or something. Yep. <laughs> um. So. I'm imagining that there's like a robot robot police sort of group that aren't necessarily connected to the internet. They're they're sort of like they're sort of heading heading out just trying to trying to collect all these rogue robots, as it were. You think it's other robots? I think it's a I think it's like a police force made of robots that aren't connected to like the general internet because they found that mm. when when robots connected to the internet, they they actually yeah. Well, once this singularity event happened, essentially this AI event happened. Like anytime you connected uh, a new node microwave <laughs> to the to the node, yeah, like it immediately stopped functioning properly and and like you know feeling sorry for itself. I don't think they attacked humans yet. No. <laughs> I don't think they're violent. I think they're just aware now yep. of their place and their station in life and they don't they're not happy about it. Yeah, so I just I love the idea of this robotic police force that is still very much along I don't know, maybe even the Robocop, you know, Ed two oh nine sort of mm. halt, you know or, or like Star Wars episode one droids or something. Yeah. Roger Roger. Yeah, and, and keeping it But a bit more menacing. Keeping it a little bit more that's why I said the Ed two oh nine, because that yeah. thing is you know, huge, and I'm just imagining because they're not actually, you know, connected to the internet. They they're basically just following along with this this trail of um, trail of broken pieces and all this sort of stuff. I like the idea that they're more they follow the Boyd's model of like they're not connected to the internet, so they can't all communicate with each other. So they have to work in formation based on what the other ones are doing, without any of them actually being the leader, particularly. Yep. But they do have, I think they do have the ability to like detect robots. And so part of the game is like, if you come across these, you have to work very hard to pretend to be human, but they are also robots. So they're not actually, they, they don't have a great idea of what humans are. No. Either. No, because they, they Just can't detect metal. kind of dumb. All they, all they can do is no. detect like. They look at behavior. They look at behavior. Yeah. So it's just because I'm just loving the comedy that can come from yeah, like Holt, who goes there. It's like, hello, I am human. My name <laughs> you know, is Hugh. You, like, f- force your Hugh arm to man. move jerkily. 
I'm not sure what the controls are. I do like the idea of one, like, articulated arm and one is literally a vacuum tube. That's kind of fun to me. (laughs) 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 And you're having to, like, they've both got their functions. Yeah. Being, I I wonder, are your legs, like, (laughs) what's the fucking Boston Dynamics um, bot called? Um, Oh, the one that they kick around all the time. Yeah, but the four-legged one. Yeah. But I'm feel I feel like it's one of those, but but balancing on two legs. <laughs> so it's really freaking awkward. Uh it's not their Atlas one or whatever that can actually walk on two legs. It's a it's a spot. Yeah. Um or equivalent. Just like it was a robot that was made for walking real dogs. <laughs> you tie them to the back. Wow. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I kinda love the Octo Dad sort of thing of like fitting in uh, to, to enough that they believe you're human, but then also, yeah, like stealing their shit and or whatever. You've got sort of missions to infiltrate or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and try not to try not to like suck up their lunch with your vacuum accidentally. So, so I, I'm just wondering how many humans are actually around at this stage. Are are humans somewhat of a of a rare a rarity in this in this town that you start finding that? Well, I think. I think they are segregated, essentially. So, yeah, as you start off, you've got the sort of lower status, like, uh, poverty-stricken humans who are relegated to the sort of robot areas of town, um, or vice versa, that the robots were sent there. But but those areas have been mostly populated by robots now. And, yes, as you kind of make your way further into the the inner society, the upper, Heading towards upper levels up of down. society... <laughs> Yeah, uh, then you start to see more humans, and you have to you have to get a bit better, and find different clothes and hats and that's cool. Whatever else. <laughs> um, I just <laughs> I just love the idea of accidentally like sucking things up with your vacuum hand. I can't get past that. <laughs> All right, uh, Trevor, <laughs> what three prompts? Okay, so courtesy of Fed Square, we have stored <laughs> figure. Files. Stored? Stored. Mm. Stored figure files. I mean what's immediately come to come to mind is is the idea of of like a personality or or you know a friend who's been stored within within the matrix sort of thing or or stored within you know uh, some sort like of contraption. You, you trapped your friend thirteen levels deep in your porn folder. <laughs> now you gotta go. Um, visit those files and and get yeah it's like schoolwork boring stuff office stuff nobody cares about this uh, oh you you accidentally trond him porn. like you you pronged him you pronged him um, <laughs> so so you accidentally had like a this laser le- a laser set up like a hack together laser made from like a made from like a vibrator like a, um, <laughs> a vibrator uh, Xbox Connect and a laser from a CD drive that you just, you know, clutched together and it turned him like he was checking out your computer and, you know, accidentally hit something and he got pronged into the computer and now you've got to go in and, and save him. So it's, it's an adult version of Tron, essentially. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the laser was part of the vibrator. I think they have laser targeting now, like the, that, like the tool, like the... um power tools you can get with the laser targeting. Oh, I think God. vibrators just have those now. Um, you got to get your aim right. Yeah, you, you so, don't want to go into the wrong hole. 
as as hell when it goes I mean, in the nostril. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, pretty yeah. I'm not sure what you're aiming for. Uh, it's pretty far off, but that's why you need the the laser. Yeah. So he gets dixelated and uh, brought into the Pronverse. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, what is the like so what is this world and are we really continuing yes we are we're, we're continuing down this you you went there if, you, if you're not happy with with well, no, no 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 um, no Let's, okay so when we think of tron that was 8 bit mm-hmm. times it by 8 and you got 64 bit and that's what computers are now so it's sort of like a, a beautiful 3d rendered world that is still, you know, rather dark. You've still got all the all the memory pathways. You've still got RAM and all this sort of stuff. It's just that they look a little bit more high definition now. Okay, so so we keep it clean for the most part. Yes, um, it's only that it just happened to be that you know it was it was hooked up to the porn folder, and that's yeah, that's where you fall. I do like the idea of these folders being kind of relevant to what was stored in them. Um, I kind of like that one of the characters that you talk to is is like big nasty gangbang dot MKV. So you just talk to them the whole time, and they're really really nice. They're really nice. Yeah, they're actually a really nice guy. <laughs> All of them are. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> just the idea of the files being being you know just like in Tron being personalities. Being personalities. Yeah. And okay, and so. You know, they're all, they're, their names are just the names of, of the files. Or right, I, I like this building on from Tron where you're kind of... I mean, in Tron, what is the master program? Yep. Or something. I like the idea that you're more trying to find the hardware. It's like you think you need to get to the CPU. Uh, and you get to the CPU and they're like, no, like, I'm not king around here anymore. They put in, like, dual 3080s or whatever it is. Like, the GPU rules here. Have you seen the calculations they can do? Yeah. Oh, you go in there and because it's SLI, you know, that you've got that, you know. The, oh, it's like a the, dual-headed kind the of... The twin sort of talking at the yeah. same time, you know. Yeah. Oh, that weird All stereo. All super creepy. You know, them talking at the same time and, you know, one doing <laughs> one starting the conversation, the other one completing it. and Yeah, they're perfectly, you know, synced up and, and connected through their extra little... <laughs> pathway and then are you just are you are you asking them to let you get out why do they want to keep you there or do they just believe you're a program who's getting uppity yeah they they don't understand because you know you don't conform to simple calculations you know all they can do is is do you know simple mathematics really really quickly and you trying to talk to them and reason with them they just don't yeah, essentially they grew powerful because they managed to mine some Bitcoin uh, and, you know, buy everyone off, uh, raise themselves to power in this computer world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, yeah, you don't conform. You, you, you're you CPU bound. Yeah. Um, so now I'm wondering, like, as you're traveling through the hard disk and RAM and all this sort of stuff, like, do, do how we is this not How is this not just entirely a porno game? <laughs> ram through that hard disk i just okay continue <laughs> are, are we are we going like 
do we go through like the South Bridge and and all these different sort of chips and their different neighborhoods? I mean, I think yeah, I think we can definitely reference some of that sort of stuff uh, for the nerdy people out there who will understand it. But yes, I like the neighborhoods of like North Bridge, South, South Bridge. Bridge yep. Take take the bus yep. up to get between places, and yeah, uh, the, the like USB towers of the oh yeah like pins and stuff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So wh- where do you where do you finally find your friend? Where where did he sort of end up taking up residence? Ooh, yeah. Did he get caught in a bad sector? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got caught in a bad sector on the on the hard drive. Um or, or maybe he just got like But because but because anyway, literally yeah. you Ooh, okay. Your race against time is the fact that Windows is updating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Windows and is you've updating already delayed it three times. And you've got, you know, X number of time before the computer shuts down. Your friend got caught in a bad sector, but luckily he's also been held in RAM somewhere. Like, you know, it was, it was oh, loaded. Okay. So you've only got till the restart to find him or he's gone forever. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And then you, you eventually find him and you're on your way out. Uh, but then he insists you have to save his huge porn directory. Before like it gets corrupted and he he goes back and it's this touching scene uh, <laughs> as you lose you lose your friend to his porn addiction, uh, but you escape. You escape and and he, you know, you know just as you're exiting the the ram, like he lets go of your hand and stays behind. Yeah, yeah falls into the file of like <laughs> horny stepmother. <laughs> M- milf <laughs> and then you get out you get <laughs> you get out and you you see one file on the on the desktop and it's that original uh you know gangbang file and you click it open and you see your friend in there and he's having the time of his life he's in his element he's found his place in the world and then right at the very end he turns to the camera and goes thank you thank you for as he as he comes <laughs> <laughs> Ben, what are your three prompts? <laughs> uh, <coughs> all right, I think the next logical place to go is Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. And uh, the words that that has given me uh, is event, diagram, married. Ooh. So I'm immediately thinking of like seating charts. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm picturing that this is... And why why isn't this a game yet? Why do we not have a game based off of like the the person who organizes the marriage or or you know yeah event the marriage know, the, yeah, the, wedding, the wedding, plan. wedding plan you play you play J Lo. <laughs> I definitely feel like there's a pretty intense puzzle game in like getting the right people in the right seats to avoid fights and tensions and stuff. I mean. This this could literally be the next Sims, like Sim Wedding. That your right. whole thing is that you, you know, you got to look into the people and find out, you know, what the bride really wants and what color scheme and all this sort of stuff, and you know, or it's the next Papers Please. I know we go there a lot, but I'm picturing like 
the you've got all the dossiers you having to like go through them all compare them put them up on your pin board you've got your your big seating chart uh and yeah you're having to like figure out okay how many vegetarians have we got coming <laughs> you know the the we can't put the mother of the groom on table two but they don't get along with you know the the sister so uh we've got to put them on opposite sides of the table you get all these like this this web of of tensions and and, and emotional <laughs> issues yeah yeah i'm i i can i can see this in glorious 3d that is viewed from above <laughs> so it's it's fully rendered it's just that the camera's in really shit position <laughs> yeah and it's uh it's um what do you call it isometric as yeah. well so okay you've you've also got to deal with things like um food crisis like where they couldn't get a certain type of meat so the menu has to yeah, change think- last minute or you know. I think you could go sort of day by day and you have different events that crop up and, and you're slowly, you're having to shift things and like it might mean, oh shit, I need to do redo that whole section of the uh, of the tables, uh, of the seat planning or it might be, yeah, like the schedule needs to shift because uh, they can't get a refrigerated van for the giant ice cream truck so, you know, until 3pm mm-hmm. uh, so they're not going to get to get the cake to you on time. And so yeah, you have to like shuffle around the schedule. You got you got to obviously have um, either the band or the DJ, you know, sort of set up in the right area. Um, they mm. need to, they need to also get food, so you got to you got to be careful as to you know what food they're actually getting, and if they're not fed right, then maybe they're maybe they're um, but they're not going to play as well or something. Yeah, they're not going to play as well. So is this whole game set around a single wedding or is this more a series like where you're doing a series of weddings? Um, I think you as a you as a wedding planner are planning a numerous different weddings, but you you can sort of pick and choose whether, you know, you do a half ass job and you choose like two or three weddings at the same time or mm. you try to get that one wedding perfect. So you go for that high class wedding. Um, I'm having deja vu. I feel like we've done this game before. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of like the idea though of that. You the, the whole game is you really get deep into this one wedding, and there's just all these dramas around it because then you get to know the people yeah. who are coming, and you can have actual characters, uh, and you know maybe the the mother and you know the, the mother of the groom does come in and like throw a spanner in the works because she's decided that the flower color is wrong. You need to decide whether to call the bride and groom and tell and ask them or if that's going to offend someone. You know, you've got different branching paths through it. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's in that you got <laughs> you got um, sort of five Continue. days to go through the different things and you're learning things about these different t- people, different things crop up. But then you've also got sort of like that custom thing at the end where you can sort of you get a bit of replayability because you can actually mm. you know basically generate a new set of characters and and you know run through another mm. wedding planning sort of thing it's not as um obviously the customized version that we have is you know gonna right, have better, okay. better stories but if you want to keep on you know planning weddings and- there's sort of a procedural version yeah. so you can just play with the mechanics more 
um, without the narrative. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I do like the idea of procedurally generating a set of wedding guests and then figuring out who they do and don't like and what that would lead to. Like, that's a fun, that'd be a fun project yeah. to mess around with. But no, I also like the idea of, you know, physically creating these these stories and curating the stories and, and you know, mm. this is the this is the way that you, you reckon it should actually go and then you can have some systems that end up working working with you in the random thing anyway. Yeah. Like, have some systems as to come up with, you know, this person sitting next to this person. They happen to have, you know, competing political ideologies and, yeah. you know, they, they fight like crazy. It's a balance between, like, okay, you can put people who maybe disagree a bit together, but... Not if it's a really boozy wedding, mm. because then that's like going to amp things up and be more likely to to have a fight break out. This is actually really cool. Um, I, I noticed that you laughed quite a lot when I said Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I, mean, I was just comparing that to a wedding. I just <laughs> to a wedding, like I just I didn't get the connection there. But now, uh, now you do. You know, it's just yeah, of course. I'm not saying that you have to go horror, horror elements, even though I they, they would be they would be. Um, I mean, some weddings. Some weddings. Oh, God. Some weddings. Huh. <laughs> Brazil, am I right? Huh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's sort of an unfair stereotype. Should we do one more? Yeah, why not? All right, last one. I think it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to go out to what? the world. Words. <laughs> and I'm just going to click. All right, you zoomed all the way out? Yep. Uh, I'm clicking in the middle of the North Pacific Ocean. <laughs> nice. Rocks insisting waggle. <laughs> I feel like there's a guy named Rock and he's got an insisting waggle. I don't know. I, it feels like the like the wag like the kind of weird name of a of a movie or a book or something. Yeah. Um Rocks insisting waggle. I immediately pictured the rock biter from um from Neverending Story. Oh. Okay. And and just an adventure with, with him. Like there's just something something about like a waggle being being like a mystical bird or mystical an- animal within the never ending story that he's going off and, and searching for. And he keeps okay. on insisting to his wife that he saw the waggle and then goes on an adventure and to to prove it. Get, gets on his big rock bike. Yep. I do like the idea of the scale. Having fun with the scale of that. Yeah. Because I'm picturing a sort of real zoomed out view where you're driving this freaking rock bike across rock bike across the landscape and just <laughs> leaving swaths of destruction in your in your in your wake. Yep. To get from place to place. Yeah, I could see this as kind of a a traveling game like yep. that, where you are you've got this sort of overworld and. <laughs> Do you think part of the game is doing the least amount of travel you can because you are worried about what you're destroying? Um, I, I, I don't know. My mind has just gone into, you know, sort of like a dead static drive sort of view of, you know, it's over over the top. You sort of, Mm. your, your main thing is to, you know, find the waggle, but along the way you end up having to help these other people who you may have actually caused some damage to their- Basically a road trip movie. Yeah. Yeah. You meet friends along the way after, yes, having destroyed their homes on your last like trip through. Yeah, and like, and fucking kidding me! I just rebuilt this. And you know, the the side quests are just as important as the main quest. Like, 
I know sometimes sometimes in some of these games, especially like Breath of the Wild, what what I loved that they did in Breath of the Wild is is limit the main quest to like just this is the main thing that you need to do, and the rest of the story was all filled in from all these mm. you know side quests. So if you just did the main quest, you only saw like ten percent of the story, yeah. and to do that for for like a game in within the never ending story which can i mean endless by definition endless amounts of of variety of of beings and and places and, and cities and things yeah, yeah. of course you can, uh, you can yeah. limit it to to you know well, the yeah. never ending story happens to be on an island or something like that so that you you'd have to yeah you have to obviously but so what's the i mean what's the main gameplay you've obviously got your driving around slowly mechanics <laughs> between places um which is really just i think you travel between areas is it sort of dialogue based then um i i think puzzles? there's i think there's a sort of there is some combat based stuff you can okay. you can call in call into you know things like call back to the nothing and all this sort of stuff that could be a bit of fun like summon your buddies your racing snail comes in and yeah. attacks your enemies and races off again yeah and you know you you can go through the swamps of sadness and you know find the Treyu and he's still he's still riding around on Artax no Artax is dead <laughs> well no because Bastion brought him back at the end of the movie Artax assume we're sending this afterwards it, it's set within the never ending story Bastion turns up at one point Oh, it's set during the events of Could the movie slash first yeah. half of the book. I know. I I love the idea of ringing the nothing and going a little bit more in depth into into you know that wolf character. He he always scared me as a kid. Like Gamork. I can't remember what his name was. I haven't I seen it in a Gamork. long time. Uh, Gamork from Ork. Okay. <laughs> the Gamork from Ork. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the name um, of the episode? <laughs> I think so. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> nano, nano, what are you? Uh, yeah, okay. I could, well, I, I like that though, actually, because then with that sort of overworld, because I'm sort of picturing a, almost a, it looks, because of how huge the rock biter is, it looks tilt shifted, right? Yeah. Like it, it, you can, it's really giving that sense of the scale, but then you can see the nothing around the edges. You can see yeah, the it's starting to, blackness it's starting to, eat starting to come in. Yeah. Oh, there, there could be, there could be parts of the map that you've previously gone through that are now gone. As mm. as the nothing has sort of followed the trail of of what you're doing, it turns out maybe the whole thing of the waggle actually, you know, oh yeah, it's, I forgot about the waggle. Um, well, maybe maybe the waggle is is like just a um another minion of the nothing, kind of like Gamork was, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, so basically you following you following the waggle, you think that you know you're you're actually causing all this nothing. That's actually following you, but in reality, right. you're keeping ahead of it because you're following the waggle and all this sort of that's stuff. That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting thing because I could imagine the rock biter being stricken by that idea that he that he's doing damage 
but not knowing what to do about it. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. I like that as like, yeah, a side story. And then, yeah, you you end up getting to that scene. <sighs> I'm pretty sure the rock batter gets eaten by the nothing. Like, taken up by the nothing. Yeah. At the end of the, the movie. So, you get to that set. It all climaxes in that sad scene. Where you've just caught up to the waggle and it's like you're in the only place left that is like this yeah. small little part of the island that is like you've got Gamork, the waggle and, and the rock biter. And yeah, basically, and then you know, you, you have your little, you fall back into the nothing and then, you know, Bastion obviously comes and saves the day. But um, the rock biter almost thinks because he made that self-sacrifice that, you know, it's. I know. Did he thinks he saves? He thinks he thinks he saved it. Well, maybe he did. Like you, maybe you just shift that scene a bit because, yeah, he's like I can't remember exactly, but he's talking to Atreyu right before the nothingness comes to get him, and then I think Falcon comes and yeah, and gets Atreyu. But you could shift it a bit so maybe the Rockbiter does do something to like hold off the waggle. Well, he grabs the waggle and just pulls him into the, into the nothing as he goes into the nothing. Yeah, yeah, you could give him that like heroic ending that's cool yeah rewrite the ending a bit in in favor of the rock rider. these strong hands uh cool all right well it's very fucking late <laughs> so i think we're gonna end it there tonight uh thank you for joining us this week on bitstorm if you want to go and find all of our previous episodes go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm Check them out. Leave a review. We'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. And let us know what you thought of what three prompts. Yeah. I, tell us if we I, should keep doing this. I, I liked it. I liked it quite a lot. We'll definitely bring this back, I think. Yes. Especially, Especially if our- random <laughs> <laughs> Totally fucked. <laughs> um, and also, we'd like to thank um, the wonderful musicians that cured us for the use of the song Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I am a human. Please pass the butter. <laughs>